Dear Oprah, I'm writing you today to express my concern with your position in society. You're one of the richest people in the world. And I want to start off by saying thank you. Thank you for being a inspirational figure in the lives of many African-Americans, many black people, and many people in general. And for that, I want to commend you. I want to thank you for all the hard work you have done during your career. I want to show you uh, appreciation for building a multi-billion dollar empire. And I respect you because of that. My concern and the reason why I'm writing this letter is not because of your successes or your power, your imaginary power. No, I'm writing this letter because I don't think you've actually ever listened to someone like me. All the years that you've had people on your show, all the years you sat down with these prominent people, all the Soulful Sundays, the podcast, the own network, the Tyler Perry deals, the, all these things that you have done, you've never sat down with someone like me. But who I am is not important here. No, bro. What's important in this scenario? Is who you are. I remember growing up thinking, wow, when I write my book one day, it would be an honor to be a part of Oprah's book club. I'll sell millions of copies and people will love me forever because I have the validation of Miss Oprah Winfrey. But there's something I noticed as I got older. I became 15, 20, 25, 30. And as I grew and I learned and as I evolved, I started noticing some things about you, Oprah. Some really concerning things. Like, for example, my number one concern, just off the top of my head, How did LeBron James build a school in America before you did? Hmm. I think that deserves an answer. I'm trying to figure out if you're one of the richest people in the world, why is it that you only built a school in a place that is not directly linked to your home? 
I know you, you, you built it in Africa and I, I think you feel a sense of pride, you know, building your all girls school in Africa. And I commend you for that. I just don't understand. If you were raised in the South, why wouldn't there be a school placed in the South? Hmm. Hmm. And is it not weird that as you rose to billions of dollars to be the richest, one of the richest people in the world at the exact same time, the very city in which you made your billions of dollars is one of the murder capitals of the world? Is, is Chicago not one of the most violent cities, at least statistically? I'm not saying there's not great people there. I'm just trying to figure out how during your rise, your city fell. Did you not give back to your community? I mean, what would allow a, a person who's a billionaire in the city of Chicago to sit there and watch the murder rates rise in Chicago and then no sustainable programs put in place to end it? Hmm. It's just the there's things that I just can't quite make sense of. Like you remember that one time where you were uh, sitting down for an interview and you said that you don't meet darkness with darkness it takes a lot of darkness to get rid of the light because once you have a little bit of light once you have a little bit of light it it brightens the whole room so you don't meet darkness with darkness because it takes so much darkness to get rid of light remember that I just want you to remember that because as I'm writing this letter to you I'm in tears. I'm in tears because you tricked me. This is probably one of the saddest days of my life. One of the saddest days of my life. Because now I know who you are. It's not in what you do. No, no, it's not that. It's in what you don't do. I remember that speech you gave a couple years ago about women and the empowerment movement of women. And women everywhere should stand up and take note that this is a new day. And believe me, I love my women. I especially love my black women. Got that. Respect it. But all the years that you've had a chance to speak, you've never stood up you've never stood up for your community 
he only stood up for women when it was popular to stand up for women. Now, you said your your piece that you've been a victim of sexual abuse. And I understand where you're coming with that. And so, here you are sitting down with the um, the accusers of Michael Jackson on the um, documentary on HBO where they accuse Michael Jackson of molesting them. From my knowledge, these are the same people who said before that they that nothing happened. And so now they're recanting their stories and it appears that they're saying they lied under oath. Did you watch the Michael Jackson mm. Neverland documentary last night on HBO? Part we wa- two tonight. We watched the first half, yeah. What do you think, man? Does that change your opinion on Michael Jackson? It was hard to watch, yeah, bro. Yeah, I know, I know. But do you believe those guys? I don't see any reason part. not to believe them, honestly. I don't see any reason not to. I mean... It was disgusting. Just oh. right after the documentary aired, Oprah presented After Neverland, where she interviewed the two accusers and the film's director. Oprah knew she was going to get a lot of backlash for interviewing the guys in front of an audience that included sexual abuse survivors. And I know people all over the world are going to be in an uproar and debating whether or not Michael Jackson did these things or not, whether these two men are lying or not lying. But for me, this moment transcends Michael Jackson. It is much bigger than any one person. The reason the idea of Michael Jackson or any major person uh, committing sexual abuse against children challenges so many people is because in every family, you have to face that some things are not the way they appear to be. And what people need to accept in their own families is that people can do good things, they can be loving and helpful, and and also be an abuser and a person who does bad things. Both can be true. So when all the fans and the estate and all the anger, you, you guys are gonna get it, you know that, right? We're all gonna get it, I'm gonna get it, we're all gonna get it. (laughs) We're gonna get it. Yeah. Dear Oprah, you sat there and said, This is something that transcends Michael Jackson. Huh. That's 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 true. This is bigger than Michael Jackson's what you said. Hmm. Very very true. And you said that, you know, child abuse is such a big topic for you. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine because you've you've been through so much. You've been through so much, Oprah. You, you've, you survived. You're a survivor. And so you would know that if information came out in the entertainment industry in which you work in, that you would stand up for that because this can happen no more because this transcends 
it all. We agree there. We agree. We agree. It is, this is bigger than Michael Jackson. And just so you know, I'm, I'm not sure if you know, this is actually bigger than you. Now, my concern is you jumped on this particular um, conversation. And then there was an exclusive interview a few days ago on CBS with Gail. So let me get this straight. I'm just putting all the pieces together, Oprah. Six days ago, there was an exclusive interview on CBS by Gail King with the two people who were going to be in the documentary. That itself, the interview itself, was exclusively on CBS, meaning no one else had any rights to the story but CBS. Then the documentary documentary aired on HBO. Well, I think this is a time for a little bit of black equity. Now, when I look at HBO and I look at who owns <laughs> HBO, I start to find what is going on here. Because see... HBO is a division of AT&T's Warner Media. And this is where the documentary was. Okay? I want everybody to understand that Warner Media is an American multinational mass media entertainment conglomerate owned by AT&T. That is who owns HBO. Okay, Warner Media Entertainment and Warner Media News and Sports uh, have a 10% ownership stake in Hulu, Hulu, H-U-L-U, the direct competitor of Netflix. Okay, I'm just I'm just laying all this out of who owns what, because I'm a little confused. There's exclusive rights. To CBS only for the documentary that's going to be on HBO that is owned by AT&T. But CBS. <laughs> oh, the beauty of black equity. Because once you follow, once you follow the money, Oprah, you can't hide. I just follow the money. But see, when you look at CBS. Oh, the truth comes out when you start looking at the black equity of it all. You know, CBS is an American English language commercial broadcast uh, television and, and radio network. Um, it's, it's called CBS Corporation, headquartered in New York. OK. Now, why is this important? Why is knowing CBS of any significance well, the iNetwork, I'm sorry, <laughs> CBS, CBS uh, was uh, developed in the early uh, 1900s. Uh, this was the launch date was 1927 on radio and 1941 on television. The former names of CBS were United uh, Independent Broadcasters, 
Columbia, Columbia Phonographic Broadcasting System, Columbia Broadcasting Systems, and then eventually CBS. Hmm. So, why do I bring up CBS? Hmm. The reason why I bring up CBS is because of who they own. Not who, but what. What do they own? Hmm. Well, you wouldn't know this unless you did some digging. But CBS owns a network called Showtime. Okay? I want you to keep that in mind. Showtime is an American premium cable and satellite television network that serves as the flagship service of the Showtime Network subsidiary, CBS Corporation. Now, CBS also owns sister services, the Movie Channel and Flix. Okay, everybody okay with that? Everybody okay with this information? So, HBO is owned by AT&T. Showtime is owned by CBS. Okay. Now, on CBS is where Gail King sat down and talked to the two accusers of Michael Jackson. She had exclusive rights on CBS for a HBO documentary. Is that, is everyone following that? Because dear, dear Oprah, I'm a little confused. Why would CBS have exclusive rights to an HBO documentary? (laughs) Why would that even make sense? If CBS owned Showtime, they would just put the documentary on Showtime and then they would have exclusive rights on the CBS. Why would HBO, AT&T owned, go out of its way to be live on CBS, which is their direct competitor? (laughs) Why would HBO allow for a documentary to be to have exclusive rights to the interview of their direct competitor? Because the direct competitor of HBO is Showtime. Showtime is owned by CBS. The documentary is being played on HBO. But yet the interviews are on CBS with Gail King. And then after the documentary is over, uh, the person who works at 60 Minutes, which is on CBS, which her name is Oprah is now magically doing interviews with the two accusers. And by the way, Oprah and Gail are best friends. So the only two people who have actually sat down and had interviews with these two people are best friends. And they both work for CBS. Which owns Showtime. But no documentaries on Showtime. It's on HBO. Hmm. And HBO is owned by AT&T. Huh. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out. Because you're saying this is bigger than Michael Jackson. (laughs) And that child abuse and sexual abuse is just unacceptable. Right? That's, that's what you're saying, Oprah. You're the only person who's had a chance to talk to them. I mean, besides your best friend, Gail, who at the same time released 
the most controversial interview of the year with R. Kelly. Do you think we're dumb enough to believe that you just happened to release the R. Kelly interview the same week or the Monday after the Michael Jackson documentary that you knew was coming for months because you had direct access to these people and knew the exact dates of how everything was airing? You don't think there's a little bit of overlapping of some conflict of interest? Oprah, Gail, no one sees any conflict of interest here. You have all the access to these people. Then you stand there and say, we don't care who's going to say anything about us. We'll take it. We're going to get it. And that's fine with us because we're standing up for what's right. This is bigger than Michael Jackson. This is bigger than everyone else. You know, we are going to stop this sexual behavior. And it is bigger than Michael Jackson. Okay. Look, dear Oprah, here's my, here's, here's my issue. My biggest issue with what you are saying is that it's a lie. <laughs> because in 2014, <laughs> in 2014, A documentary was released called an open secret An open secret is an American documentary film directed by Amy J. Berg. Amy J. Berg is an American filmmaker. She made a d- documentary called deliver us from evil in 2006 about sexual abuse cases in the Roman Catholic church was nominated for an Academy award and won Berg, the writer's guild of America. That same person. Then in 2014. Released an open secret. So this person has like legitimate has already been nominated for an Academy Award. This person is like in the trenches of the entertainment business. Amy Burke. Okay, so the open secret exposes child sexual abuse in the film industry in California. By the way, Oprah, that's where you live. The film features interviews with victimized performers who were targeted when they were young boys, as well as industry figures, the predators themselves, and journalists. It was produced by Gabe Hoffman, who has no no other uh, filmography that is... Um, sta- you know, standout worthy. Matthew Velanidis uh, also was a producer on the film. He was also a producer for a movie called White Devil, Fish and Men, and Something Wicked. Uh, so this is a, a We Will Riot in 2013. This person has a lot of hedgehog in 2017. This person has a lot of background. So these aren't just random people doing things okay now what what does it talk about this is released in 2014 what does it talk about well the documentary follows the stories of five former child actors who were sexually abused by multiple predators much of the film focuses on mark collins rector subsequently convicted uh, convicted of child sexual abuse 
who co-owned and operated Digital Entertainment Network. Digital Entertainment Network was a multimedia.com company founded in the late 1990s by Mark Collins Rector and his partner, Chad Shackley. Rector and Shackley had sold their ISP uh, network and used the proceeds of the sale along with additional investor funding to launch Digital Entertainment Network. Digital Entertainment Network produced brief online videos during the early days of the internet and was noted for wild parties featuring underage boys at Collins Rector's house. The film makes multiple references to director Brian Singer, who is alleged to be at home, be at some of the uh, digital uh, entertainment network parties, but does not detail allegations against him. A lawsuit alleging that Singer sexually abused Michael Egan as an underage boy was withdrawn during the production of the film. As a result, the film only details allegations made by persons willing to appear on camera. Among the persons interviewed is Vanity Fair journalist John Connolly, who states that an article on pedophilia in Hollywood was dropped at the last minute by Details Magazine. So, in 2014, there's a full documentary called The Open Secret. And there was no, there was no Oprah Winfrey interview and there was no Gail King interview. An open secret initially had a limited theatrical release, but producers were encouraged about his commercial potential because a pirated version was, was viewed 900,000 times. However, it received no television deal or video on demand distribution. Open Secret gave you the exact thing you said this was. You said it was bigger than Michael Jackson. You said this is something that just has to stop within the industry. You gave this long speech about women empowerment and about, you know, everybody feeling empowered to be free and to be right. But in 2014, not one company was willing to release an open secret on the market that includes HBO, that includes Showtime, that includes CBS, that includes OWN Network. All the parties involved here refused to do the documentary because it was too controversial. You sit here five years later and say it's bigger than Michael Jackson. We're not talking, it's not about Michael Jackson. It's about the victims. But if it was about the victims, why aren't you talking about the open secret? That talks about the very thing that you say that you stand for. Is it because there's no black faces involved? Your track record tells me that when it comes to black Americans, you don't value their lives the way you do white Americans. And Africans, you value Africans more than you value black Americans based off your track record. Oprah. Is it not suspicious that your R. Kelly interview released on Monday morning as the the backlash of the Michael Jackson interview 
from the weekend was surfacing. Do you think that we're stupid that we don't see what you and Gail are doing? You think that just because you both aren't standing there that we don't see that you guys are linked and connected and making major moves happen? Why are you putting so much money, time into the Michael Jackson situation? But all these other situations that do not have black faces, you shy away from. And why were you kissing Harvey Weinstein? Why were you kissing Harvey Weinstein at at an Oscar party? Huh? People say they knew about Harvey Weinstein for years. And you expect us to believe that you didn't know? too much money involved, right? Because, you know, the Weinstein company is that's major money. And you wouldn't want to mess up the money. And when you don't want to mess up the money, what you do is you don't release movies like The Open Secret. (laughs) You just keep it a secret. But when it's Michael Jackson involved, oh, there's too much ratings. There's too much ratings to not do this interview. Oh, and it's on HBO. Which is owned by (laughs) AT&T. So because it's owned by AT&T, it's on HBO. the the, The brunt of the issues will go straight to HBO. And you can sidestep it because all you're doing is doing the independent interviews on CBS, your direct competitor. How's it your direct competitor? CBS owns Showtime. Showtime competes with with HBO for, for time slots and for attention. So why would you get why would CBS give so much attention to HBO over Showtime? This documentary could have been on Showtime. Why is Charlemagne no longer doing a deal with HBO? Why is Charlemagne saying that it's tasteless? He doesn't believe the victims. There's currently something going on between HBO, CBS, and Showtime. They're playing a musical chairs of attention. Oprah and Gil are leveraging all parties involved to position themselves as women of power, not to be messed with. They're using 2019 to position themselves. And at the same time, Oprah's spiritual advisor, Marion Williamson, is running for president and, and, and says she's going to offer reparations at $100 billion over 10 years, which the number is too low. And when asked about it, she said she just made up a number. She felt like anything less than that would be, um, what was the word she used? An insult. 
But calculations say that reparations should be closer to 17 trillion. So we're, we're far off there because your, your girl, Marion Williamson, that you're not even claiming publicly. Now, all of a sudden, we're pretending like y'all don't know each other. You haven't said one thing about Marion Williamson. So Marion Williamson announces she's running for president. Gail King has interviews with the two accusers of Michael Jackson exclusively on CBS. The documentary airs at the end of the documentary. Uh, the first part of the, uh, the second part of the documentary, Oprah interviews them and says, I don't, you know, if I get backlash, I get backlash. It is what it is. This is bigger than Michael Jackson and people aren't who they say they are and blah, 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 blah. Then the R. Kelly interview rolls out on Monday morning and it's hyped up on Sunday to get everybody ready to go look over there. You divert your attention away from Michael Jackson long enough to get everybody outraged on R. Kelly because you can't be outraged at two things. And they thought it would work. (laughs) They thought they would like trick the mind where we wouldn't be able to tell that Oprah and Gail are are planning all of this. And so you say, hey, let it come. Let the backlash come. I'm just letting you know. Be careful what you ask for. Be careful what you say. Because they're coming. The Open Secret documentary was sitting there in 2014. You did nothing about it. But yet you say you care about sexual victims, sexual abuse victims. I challenge Oprah. During the next seven days. To do a report on at least one white male. Of significant influence and power who has been accused, just accused because that's all Michael Jackson has been. He's just been accused. You don't even they don't even have to be found guilty yet, Oprah. Just just do a report on them and do a thorough investigation. And then I want you to do a full interview on HBO, Showtime, OWN, wherever you would like to. You have seven days to do it. If you do not meet my demands, your empire will crumble. And I don't even have to do anything because it's coming. I already know what's coming, Oprah. You and I both know what's coming. That's why you got your little little buddy out there running for president. So you can go then hide behind her on her presidential trail in a few months. And start giving speeches to introduce her. And make yourself bigger than life. Because you know that's what. Abusers do. See you're not. I don't think you're a sexual abuser. I just think you're an abuser of power. Gail King said something the other day to R. Kelly. She said. You know those who have been through. You know. Sexual abuse as a child. Not all, but some do act out and put that on others. Well, we know Oprah has been a victim of sexual abuse. So with that theory, then just like R. Kelly, Oprah could be 
addicted to abusing other people. She sat down with Michael Jackson years ago and was his best friend. And in many ways, Michael Jackson helped make her a billionaire. Now that he's passed, she's turned her back on him. And in cahoots with CBS, in cahoots with Gail King, in cahoots with HBO, she positioned herself to take down a black man. And she said it's bigger than Michael Jackson. But then I want to see a Harvey Weinstein interview. I mean, you kissed him on the cheek. I'm sure you have his number. I would like to see you sit down with Harvey Weinstein in the next seven days. The clock is ticking.